0: I love you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, up? What's up? How are you? How are things?
1: Man, I am good. Um, going through a lot of healing in the season, so mm-hmm. it's been a lot of peace, a lot of like honest with my moment. I mean, honest with myself moments, and so it's been really good. um A transition to where I'm at now has been fun,
0: mm-hmm. but there's
1: been a lot of like honest with myself growth, and I'm grateful for it. It's I think it's one of the first times in my life where not that I was, I, I'm I'm like. Kind of too too honest, like you feel know me, and you know that, but um, but this is the first time, like you know, r- real big look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Full body look, not just face, mm-hmm. just kind of full body look in the mirror, and it feels good to like see myself understand I'm fully known by yeah. God, fully loved by God, and I also freaking love myself. I think I'm fire, you know <laughs> and I don't great. mean that in a bad way, but um, you know, I was uh, reading um, uh, any any letter that Paul wrote in the bible and this is me like this is just me processing but um any letter that paul wrote in the bible like he always like talked about who he was Mm. and it feels a little cringy when you read it he's like (laughs) it's paul the apostle of the most. like he's (laughs) always like you know we're flex but okay like but like i love the fact that he was letting you know who he was instead Mm. of allowing you to dictate who you thought he was yeah he's like nah you can't dictate yeah. who I am because this is what God has called me so if yeah. it makes you feel weird that I know who I am then God bless your heart and all your parts. so <laughs> that's kind of like where I'm at right now like this lit, it's lit. that's great what so about you? what I are you miss well, before we get into me
0: what okay. are you doing right now because you didn't even tell me like- oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so so now I'm the worship pastor at um project church and um and it's been like absolutely incredible mm-hmm. um this is one of the first th- First, this okay. This is one of the <laughs> first times that I ever felt trusted in ministry, right? Mm. Not not that I've never had any, you know, um, not, not that no one ever believed in me, not mm-hmm. that, but just the fact that, like, I remember talking about um, budget, and they're like, yeah, and they give me an amount, and then I'm, like, nervous about it, and they know it, so they're like, here, just take the credit card and buy all the stuff. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I'll just come to you. They're like, don't come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, we trust you. Yeah. And it was, it was a feeling of like, I never forget walking away and I went to the bathroom. And I cried. Mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, I'll be losing stuff all the time. Lord, help me not lose as well. Help me not lose this, right. But but also being able to enjoy it. And so I lead um, I lead the production and I lead music mm-hmm. here. And we we're a really collaborative church, like collaborative, like We're always, that's one of our blueprints of our church is being Mm -hmm. collaborative. And so like every single thing that we do here is together. And like, you know me, like that is my thing. When I was a youth pastor, like I was always like, stop wanting me to do everything, come with all the ideas. Like let's sit down and like Mm -hmm. figure out like what works best so we can all have buy-in and fall in love with whatever vision. I might come up with a piece, but like let's build onto that piece because we're we're all pieces of the puzzle. And so, like, um, here I've been able to collaborate in, in a way that's been so life-giving, yeah. so healing for from all this kind of damage that have happened in my mm-hmm. life, not just, you know, of course I'll dive into stories, but not just from, like, regular life, like my church life experience, mm. which has been very corporate, professional, mm-hmm. a, a lot less spiritual. And so now we're in a place where there is the c- collaboration because, because of it being spiritual it's just different you yeah. know what I mean and like normally when you see churches that got like my pastors are swaggy Pastor Chris <laughs> Pastor Caleb like I mean this whole swaggy. place is really swaggy yeah so. it is right and so like everybody's swag right everybody on Jordans right it's just like a vibe but then it's also like way more spiritual yeah because most times you see that it's kind of superficial it's like yeah. that's, that's the vibe that is created but man, prayer is our power here. Yeah. Like we have noonday prayer on mm-hmm. every Wednesday at noon. Yeah. Like that's not something you would imagine if you just see our pastors mm-hmm. and even if you see a picture of our team, yeah. you would see like you would think that we might be like all into you know, whatever is surface of like, oh, building the dopest service, But it's like, yeah. what is the dopest service if the presence of God is not moving? Yeah. And and he moves through, you know, the, the Bible says, only certain things come out through prayer and fasting. Mm. And that is a, a, an absolute, like we say, prayer is our power. That is absolutely one of our strengths here. Yeah. And so that's what I, I think we, they have created an atmosphere that is conducive for the creative, like because creative is our spirit. Like that's one mm-hmm. of our blueprints. And uh, they've created an atmosphere uh, for stuff like that. So it feels like when you are a creative, that you're seen. Not that your gifts are seen, but that, you know, when you know you're pastoring creatives, you know, most churches, they utilize the creative, but they don't pastor the creative. Mm -hmm. And pastoring is like, what's going on in your life? How are you doing? Because you can hide, you can hide really well in your Mm -hmm. gifts. And I've done it a lot. I, really I feel like it, everybody right? does it. 100%. Yeah. But, like, you can write a song, you can do a whatever, and then you just hit again because everybody thinks you're dope. Yeah. And they're not even listening to how sad you are actually in the song. And mm-hmm. they're just like, but it sounds so good, man. Wow. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Great. And, you, and everyone leaves out the studio and you're still crying. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, they're like, what's actually the matter? What's going on? Yeah. Like, the other day, my pastor, Chrissy, um, she was on her on her computer uh, doing something and I was wanting to show her something. And so my natural, like, I guess, defense mechanism was, like, she's not paying attention to me. Let me get out. Mm -hmm. And she was like, bro, I'm paying attention. I'm just, like, like, I'm not, like, not trying to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. Like, just play it. Oh, that's fire. And she was talking to me. And I realized what a bruise that I've had for people like actually ignoring me
0: yeah that I
1: didn't even give her an opportunity to say if she was interested in what I was saying or yeah. not because she was absolutely interested in end in, in of our conversation she's crying you know yeah. what I mean? she's like oh my god it's so awesome and so it was like you know God has um ha- has led our pastors to create uh an atmosphere that is conducive for people like you you and me yeah you know what totally. I mean to walk in here and feel like you absolutely have a place, and mm-hmm. God is the God of culture, fashion, everything. Yeah. Not just of church stuff. Yeah. Not just of planning center. Like, right. he is the God of all. You yeah. know what I mean? So, bring your Balenciaga big boots. That, that might not be that fire, but if you wear them, they're fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And no one's going to look at you like you're trying too hard. You're yeah. actually expressing yourself in the way that you express yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, that's sort of like in a nutshell what I've been up to, and it's been, like I said, it's been such a healing season. Like, I can't even... Express when I first started, Mm -hmm. um, I had I had a lot of trauma that I was dealing with, and Mm -hmm. it was it was a a really tough time, and I was like, God, I need to heal, need to have some forgiveness for myself, forgiveness for others, right? I just need to be able to heal, and I never forget. I might cry, but (laughs) I never forget. I, mean, I remember calling Pastor Caleb, and this is like right before I started, and I'm and like I, I, I transitioned, but I started singing here every Sunday, mm-hmm. and I wasn't hired there. I was full time. Didn't meet with the board yet to figure out what was going on. Yeah, and I called him, and I was like, "Hey, bro, like I can't afford to take a Sunday off, but I need a vacation. Like I need to heal
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna come in here. I'm gonna bleed on everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I, I had a deep cut, and." And I was I was hiding it real well by putting Vaseline on it. You know, what I mean, I didn't have a bandit. it was just Vaseline on it. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm like, if I get here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna leak on everybody for lack of a better word. Leak is kind of dramatic, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Hy- yes. Yeah. Hypothetically, leak <laughs> yeah. on everyone, blood everywhere. You know. Um, and I just was like, I need some time. And he was like, so, you know, we'll bless you with what we normally give you on Sunday. I'm kind of saying all the information, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. We'll bless you um, and you take your, take your Sunday off. And then I reached out to my boy, um, my boy, Justin Henson. And I was like, fam, like, y'all, y'all blessed me one time with a little, you know, staycation in Tahoe. You got the same. And he was like, yeah. So when I tell you, I went to my wife. Because I I didn't experience this by myself. Mm. My family is feeling that for sure. And we went on this vacation. And when I tell you, I read this book called The Fate of Satan.
0: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I could do a whole 20,000 hour segment on this <laughs> book. But ultimately what the book does is it helps you take accountability mm. for the spirit of offense. And it really helped me see myself. And even some of the things I did in that season that I was justifying in my head but how the scripture showed me how wrong i was yeah. and it helped me to start from the bottom realize that i was actually wrong mm-hmm. for even walking around and carrying an offense for how long i was carrying an offense, and then i can i and so since i started there i was able to have freedom mm-hmm. and so that entire vacation just to wrap it up that entire vacation my and shout out to my wife asia oh my gosh thank you jesus <laughs> she gave me the freedom to go and read like yeah. she's like, just go for hours. And I'll be gone for the first five hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And we were out there for a week and it gave me time to really see myself. Like I said, not just look at a mirror that was just my head, yeah. see my full body and start the process of healing. So when I was able to start here, even though I believe I'm 95% there and, and there's still some stuff that, you you know, you don't see and it comes out and you're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> you're, you're throwing up, right? Like, yeah. oh my God. Um, but but that has given me an opportunity to be able to come here and yeah. start well. So that's, great. that's how I'm doing right now. Yes, it is great.
0: Oh my god, love it. Yeah. Well, it's so it's funny because like you and I know each other mm-hmm. through the church world. Yes, most people listening to my podcast though probably aren't Christian. Yeah, and so I know they're gonna be so confused when yeah. I. That. So like, What are you doing? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, but like, I really wanted to bring you in and have this conversation because I think a lot of people know that I'm Christian and yeah. like interact with that side of me but then mm-hmm. maybe people who are looking in from the outside lens or like from LA who only know me from work or yeah, like, yeah, out yeah, and yeah, about, yeah. like don't understand that side of things and yeah. also just don't understand like I mean you were joking in the beginning about like going to a church that has swag and stuff but I feel like people just assume that we all go to these like super old yes. archaic places <laughs> with stained <laughs> glass windows yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't actually understand that like you can be a christian mm-hmm. or even like not identify as a christian but like have faith and like mm-hmm. be a spiritual person mm-hmm. and not like go by like a certain standard of like yeah. what i guess society thinks that we are yes and so the reason why i wanted to sit down with you and like have these conversations is so that people can like Almost in like an intrusive way, like, listen, like, I feel like a lot of people are curious about church or curious about faith and spirituality. And there's obviously, you know, there's difference between church and having a faith and being Mm -hmm. spiritual and like, but I think a lot of people don't understand that. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to like use this time to like open conversations up to your personal experiences. Like, you know, like you were talking about trauma, like, and even I think it's so great that you're being so transparent as an adult, like, oh, hey, I still have trauma. 100%. And I'm in my, you're in your 30s? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm 34 out
1: 34. Here. Yes.
0: Like, you still have trauma that you're working through mm. on a day-to-day basis. Like, it's yeah. not just people my age or people who are in high school who yeah. have those things. So I think it's really cool to hear an adult's perspective and an adult who's supposedly supposed to have everything together together, because that's what people think like, Oh, you lead the worship on Sundays, whatever. But if you can like be transparent with people, I think that's where you gain the respect. Like, here's who I am. Here's like my authenticity, like Mm -hmm. take it or leave it. Like let's grow together and become better people. It
1: for sure breaks down the barriers. Yeah. And I think, you know, I grew up in a church that was, you know, um, That in a weird way over championed the person that was willing to share the most. Mm. So instead of it being more of like a humbling thing, which most people would think like, man, you just shared that I was vulnerable. Like it was like a badge of honor Mm. for us. And I had to rethink that and recalibrate the purpose of me sharing and also know when to not share what. Yeah. Because you know me, bro. Like I'm an open book, <laughs> and um, and uh, uh, I would say most of my um, most of my uh, reasons are pure. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, look at me, yeah, praise me, look how great I did. And that's just mm-hmm. me being transparent. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of sharing, I mean, I know that you kind of just gave us some context on where you're at now, but mm-hmm. I'd love to know. Like, just, like, a brief, like, Mm -hmm. what was your upbringing like? And, like, how did you get get to becoming a pastor? Like, I feel like that's a huge decision. Yeah, it is. That people don't think about a lot. Like, especially if you don't come from a family where, oh, my dad's a pastor. Like, I feel like that always happens where they're like, well, my dad was a pastor. And then they have a season of rebelling. And then they end up becoming a pastor. Right. That is the same story. I feel like most kids don't like think like i'm gonna be a pastor when i'm older yeah. so as- yeah. i'm just curious like how you got to where you are now and like pastoral work and then family life and then like also i know you've done a lot of like work like outside of the church walls For with sure. like students and kids yeah. and like motivational speaking and yeah, so i yeah, love yeah. to get a bit of context on to-
1: how I got started with that. Yeah. So um, long story short, I'm a foster kid. Um, and so I'm going to be reiterating stuff that you already know. Yeah, it's but good. it's okay. <laughs> um, this is for you guys out there. Um, so I'm a foster kid. I grew up in foster care. Foster kid and I grew up in foster Okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, and so um, life was not as typical as, as it is for everyone. Um, I dealt with trauma real early. Uh, I was molested really early. Um, I was also molested by a man of God, supposedly, in church. Um molested by people that went to church, and so. My vision as a young man of the church was so skewed. Mm-hmm. I was so confused, mm-hmm. and um, I looked at God as somebody I had to work hard for their love. Um, because I've always I've always had this void, especially not having my biological family in my life. That um, I was not good enough to be kept, mm-hmm. and so and I had to work at being good enough. And the things I felt good enough in were baseball and singing and sports. Yeah. and so and so as a kid, like. I excelled in sports. I played travel ball. I had all these crazy, incredible experiences in sports, um, but in in real life, for me, it was hard because mm-hmm. that that playing sports was honestly a cover up from yeah. all the pain. And so I had I hit a crossroad when I was about fourteen years old. Um, my my doctor mom had died when I was twelve. Yeah, she ended up adopting me. And she was the greatest thing in the world, greatest thing. And just like she loved me so much and she had me involved in everything. And she was convinced that um, I had a purpose and I had a plan for my life, that I wasn't just a son of a prostitute, that I had value, I had Mm. reason, um, and that God was going to use that. God, she she was like, God connected me with your mom um, for that season in life so that I could rear you, so that I could raise you. And she was an older woman, but she called me her son. Like she didn't call me her grandson mm-hmm. like she did all the other foster kids from yeah. birth I was my she was my mom mm-hmm. and it wasn't because I learned how to say mama like yeah. she was like this is my son and yeah. um and so um but when she passed away everything that she always talked about and we were you know I was a drug baby times two right <laughs> like so my mom was a crackhead mm-hmm. and uh, that's a harsh word but it's the truth she was a yeah. crackhead, and my adoptive mom drug us to church right so so it was like double wins right so we 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 had to go it was no but but we was wild we was not focusing on them man. we were not listening to none of that we mm-hmm. like in a bag we smoke weed in the back of the church like not inside the building but like outside yeah. and uh we did crazy stuff inside the building but that's for another podcast but uh we um and so in my in my life after she passed away like everything rocked and that happens you know anytime your parent passed away but Mm -hmm. for me specifically because she was the only person Mm -hmm. that had my back Mm -hmm. only person always there for me did not matter did never make me feel but like a lot of people in my adopted family i was the foster kid i would go with them i would be the foster kid so when she passed away i'm like all of my value was wrapped up in what she said about me Mm -hmm. like the things that she spoke of me like you're gonna be this you're gonna be this and and just always speaking well over me and, like, speaking into my future and, and all this stuff. And just and so when I didn't have her and it felt like the people I was living with at that time was just for the money mm-hmm. and I just had no value and no reason. Yeah. I just was like, what's the purpose? Yeah. So um, I, I decided to try to commit suicide. I mean, I never forget it. It was just like, it feels like yesterday. I remember calling my ex-girlfriend on my little metro and I was like, hey, um... I was gonna say her name, but this is a podcast. So, yeah. so I'm like, hey, yo, um, I just wanna let you know I love you. Thank you for being there for me. Can I talk to your mom? She's like, what's going on? Let me talk to your mom real quick. And so um, again, her mom gets on the phone. Her, her mom was the first person I ever told that I was molested. And I was like, um, I just wanna tell you I love you. And I was like, trying to act like I wasn't crying, but I was crying. And it was, my call was a cry for help because I didn't wanna commit suicide. Yeah. But I just did not wanna feel this way anymore. I didn't yeah. wanna feel like I wasn't valuable. Uh, or I wasn't valuable, excuse me. And so, uh, long story short, I go to walk in the middle of the uh the freeway on um uh, I'm mean, I threw my phone and I'm walking in the middle of the road and the freeway on Waterman in Fairfield, California. Cars are speaking past me, like I'm feeling the wind of the cars and mm-hmm. it's like it twisted me and this gold car just slowed down all the traffic and pulled me on the side of the road. And um, you know, I'm biased toward white people who can dress. And he was like <laughs> swaggy, look like John B with a fresh fade. <laughs> obviously we go to the interview and he's like he's like, Yo, what are you doing? And I'm like, Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Like nobody really loves me. Like if I wasn't good at sports, nobody would love me. And he was confused because on the outside, I had a fresh white tee on, right? Mm-hmm. I had on some Jabot jeans, which were like the most fire jeans back in the day. I had on these Jordan patent leather uh, and gold ones. Like mm-hmm. I, like on the outside, it looked like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the inside, I was dying and mm-hmm. I didn't want to live and I, I couldn't find purpose. Yeah. Um. I had baseball coaches who... You know, let me do whatever I want because I was good. And mm-hmm. I, sports coaches, they never checked me, chastised me because I was good. So yeah. they say, hey, you can't wear your socks up high. And I'm like, where are my socks up high? They don't say anything to me. They say <laughs> something to everyone else. So it made me feel even more unloved. You mm. know, it made me feel only valuable for a few things. Yeah. And that was not enough. You know, it's not enough. And so long story short, this dude pulls off on the side of the road. And then the first question he asked me after he realized, like, I was trying to commit suicide because he thought I might have left something on the freeway. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't look very obvious that I was trying to kill myself. He yeah. you was know, like, bro, what are you doing in the middle of the road, basically? And he was like, hey, bro, you hungry? And I was like, what kind of rapist? What do you mean? actually me if I'm hungry, right? <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, the Mc- new- a new McDonald's in North Texas. And um, and he- I was like, man, all right, I'll go. And so he takes me, and he just listened to me for hours. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing that he said, I mean, he hit me with a wow, that's crazy, and asked me questions about what I was telling him that happened to me. And, uh, but he asked me, he was like, hey, you know, when your next baseball game?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, it's this weekend in Reno. And he was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. He was like, you know, give me a, I gave him, I gave him my, uh, yeah, I gave him my, um, schedule, and him and his wife came to my game in Reno, and it Mm -hmm. changed, it like, it changed my life. Yeah. And so it changed. He started to, Like, he wasn't being preachy with me, and he was being, like, basically kind of how I was and how I am as a pastor, Mm -hmm. not like, over preachy, and I don't mind being preachy, but I would rather have real conversations and then back that up by scripture rather That's than awesome like read awesome. you a million scriptures and then try to give you a piece it's of my story. Get through. Not, not,
0: it's not at
1: all to a lot of people. Some yeah. people just want the word, and it's cool. But yeah. like, I want to give you, you know, grace before truth, and I believe grace before truth mm-hmm. is this is I've done the same thing. I've yeah. been there. I've been in your shoes. But this is what God says, right? Mm-hmm. And so th- to fast forward, that was like my my track onto. Understanding who I am and my value in Christ mm-hmm. and like he would always Encourage me of my purpose not being what I do My purpose is who I am mm-hmm. and I found value and purpose on the things that I that I was doing But not in actually Justin and yeah. so he would always call out things. I was good at he was like man You're so good at communicating with people man. Like mm-hmm. you light up a whole room and, like, that's who I am. Yeah. Like, that's not playing baseball. Like, no. that's a learned activity. Mm-hmm. Some natural ability, but mostly learned activity. Mm-hmm. And so he would always, like, highlight those areas. He's like, man, the ability. Like, you can walk in and tell a story, and uh, the adults will stop to hear your story. Yeah. Not because you're laughing loud, because you're captivating the spirit of God that's on you. And so he would always encourage me in that. And and uh, and, to, uh, and to keep things going, because you brought up family. So me and my wife, we have been married now for 12 years that's crazy right that's so uh, we were married for 12 years we got four kids um we got jojo he's one we got i
0: haven't seen him since i know he, bro, like he
1: is so cute you, tiny you don't even understand i can't wait to show you pictures but you probably see him because asia posts them all yeah the all the
0: time but yeah
1: um so um god gave me a dream of what my family would be mm. and and it felt unreal because I didn't know who the girl was in my dream mm-hmm. and because um, sports and things they, they, it didn't work out like I thought it would work out things yeah. like that and so long story short um God showed me a dream on me being a pastor and this is before I was a pastor I was sang at churches and stuff like that before um, but I was mainly like singing R&B background and stuff mm-hmm. and so I was out here you feel me so uh <laughs> always <laughs> yeah and so uh long story short God showed me this dream um, of my family. Mm-hmm. And so one day I got kicked off a tour singing background for an artist that I won't name because I'm embarrassed. Not of the artist, but I'm embarrassed I got kicked off Anyway, <laughs> so um, God showed me this dream and it restored purpose again. I was reminded yeah. on what my mentor had said to me and what he spoke over me. Um, he spoke like, oh, you're going to be a pastor. And I first time I ever heard that, and people in church, um, I ended up giving my life to the Lord fully when I turned 14, 50, like a little bit right after um, I tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And so, um, God had gave me a dream of what my family was and I had a big family and it was fire, but I didn't know who this girl was. Yeah. And I wasn't like looking for the girl. Like, you know, it's kind of weird. Just like, you know, all we have was MySpace back in the day. How much are you? How are you going to find the girl? Light skin girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But they care. like what do you mean? That goes to church. Like how do you find her? And yeah. so you know they didn't have Bumble and Tinder and all the things that they have now, right? Uh, BlackPeopleMeet So so long story short, um, I, I went to an event my brother was playing bass at, and uh, she was singing in the group that she was he was playing for, and I was like, she she was fine, we got them big old lips, but uh, I was on her right away. And uh, God revealed to me that that was the girl in my dream. So I walk up to mm. her and I hit her with the little church wedding game. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> baby, <laughs> God showed me that you're going to be my wife. And she was like, well, he didn't show me. I was like, yo, like, yeah, I thought that was going to work. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was going to work. I had, you know what I mean? I was the guy, you know what I'm saying? I had my mustache was coming in. Like, you know, I was like, uh, I was like, like 19 and mm-hmm. she was uh, uh, 18 or I was 18 and she was 17. It was one of the two. And so I was like, I show you to going to my wife. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, okay, God <laughs> show me that. And that whole night she was not rocking with me. So long story short, mm-hmm. I stole her number on my brother's phone. Yeah. And I reached out to her. And, you know, I was a little church boy player, to be honest. I was messing with all the girls at church. I was just like, hallelujah saved in front of everybody. But yeah. you know, I was like, mm, you know, I have my yeah. sexual sins i was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and long story short, bro. Um, we end up not working out right away. She got with a zero. You know what I'm saying? She didn't want to get with your boy. With a zero? With a zero. He's absolutely, like, he's redeemed and delivered, but he was trash. And, uh, and so, long I went off to college. I went to uh, University of Reno. And as I was there, I'm like, this ain't it. Like, I'm not gonna be a baseball player. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. There's nothing for me here. Reno sucks. It's, it smells like cigarettes and My cigars. My mom is from there. Yeah, she so. for sure is. Shout <laughs> out to the ballerina, freaking ice skater of the year, um, Claire. I love your mom. She's the best. I love mm. your mom and dad and your brother. You guys are the best. But um, but long story short, sis, I I I, I decided. Oh, I connected with H. I was leading worship at a church. I don't know why they was letting me lead worship. I was a literal crook <laughs> when I was in college. <laughs> literal crook and nobody seen it they just seen gift and that made me feel unloved because I would rather you bust me out than just allow me to live foolishly and they let me live foolish I was was a crook so anyway (laughs) I come back and I see Asia at a random stop sign And I was like, I was reminded of purpose again, Mm. reminded what I was called to do and serve. I didn't know what that looked like. I had a really toxic relationship in church and like, that's a whole nother podcast, but I had a really, really toxic, toxic experience as a young man in church. I mean... One thing that happened to me, I struggled with sex. Like I, I was like really good at loving people, really good at being there mm-hmm. for people, but like I just had a struggle. It was deep rooted from being molested, mm-hmm. and I was always trying to prove myself that I was a man. So as many chicks mm-hmm. you can get, the more like you're a man, which is yeah. the biggest lie and so toxic. Mm-hmm. But that's what I told myself, and that was my biggest stronghold, my biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. And I, my old church made me get up in front of that whole entire church to admit that I was having sex and I had to be sat down for ministry and it was mortifying. It was in front of my entire church and I was in high school when I had to get up and admit this. And that is terrible. That's not good. There's no good theology that can back that up. It is yeah. not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. And so I didn't know how being a pastor would be. I knew what not to do. And, yeah. I, and I had some great examples of being a pastor, yeah. but but long story short, I, I ended up moving back and I was like, I'm going to marry Asia mm-hmm. like, I'm going to marry her. And she was like, she was swerving me a little bit. She kept calling me brother. <laughs> like, oh, my brother in Christ. Really no brother in Christ. You want to be my wife, my boy. You know what I mean? And so long story short, we went to a prophetic conference, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, preacher that was speaking, he prophesied into us, and he was like, God's going to use you to preach, and, you know, um, and God's going to use you to write songs, God, and then pray over Asia, God's mm-hmm. going to use um, all your discomfort um, so that you can um, help people heal through theirs, mm-hmm. And it was so powerful. He didn't know that we would go through four miscarriages. He didn't know that we would go through a lot of things that we went through, um, being stabbed in the back in our marriage and dealing with all the things, us almost separating and coming back together. And God is going to use all of that for the glory. And mm-hmm. so um, four months of dating after that day, we got married.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: we got married in four months. It was That's so, bad.
0: so bad. oh God. I am finding out so many adults that I know got married hey, after like three ass. or four months. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I-, I haven't met a lot. I haven't met a lot of people that have done that. I would not suggest this.
0: Emily's parents that, were
1: like that. Yeah, I would not suggest <laughs> this. Um, but God showed me, and we yeah. were freaking broke, bro. I was working at a place called Tuesday Morning. It's like legit old people like meet a, dot com. Yeah. Like old folks home, Like they take the bus, you know what I mean? And they go there. There's <laughs> the only people that go there. And I was working there as a stock boy, got fired two days before I got fired two days <laughs> before our wedding. We were absolutely broke. We were living with a pastor. Like, oh it was my so, it was so horrible. Um, but it all made us to who we are now. Yeah. So I went on a tangent. I know you got some questions for me. So. No,
0: it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you told me obviously, about how you got into pastoral work and yeah. like your family life and mm-hmm. your kids are literally the cutest. I yes. love them all. Yes. Oh my gosh. I miss them. Yeah. Um, how did you get into, like, you've done a lot of speaking events. Yes. And, I mean, in an indirect way, that's kind of how I met you was, yeah. like, through that connection, which I won't get into all yeah, of yeah, that because yeah. it's just not relevant. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, talk about how you've used your past and your story to, like, help i guess kids or people my age or adults
1: yeah. like heal their own traumas yeah well my mom my adoptive mom she would always say "You're one decision from changing your life and changing the life of others right one decision away and and i didn't realize like how much that alone would motivate me to share my story mm-hmm. now like i said earlier you know, I would share a lot, and there's some braggadocious moments where we all do, right? I'm like, yeah. I play baseball, I hit this many home runs, la, 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 yeah. La. Like I'm so cool, check me out, right? Yeah. Follow me on Instagram, right? <laughs> um, but, um, but what God redeemed my story for His glory, and I was like, man, as much as I can, I want to help anybody that has come from any background to know that they're not alone in their pain, mm-hmm. especially with mental health, mm-hmm. and because. You know, I grew up in a church that was big on pray it away and just like I'm like, what do you mean? Pray it away. Like, can yeah. we get some practicals? Right. And so um, I, I wanted to be able to use my platform and I do that with my own music, but I wanted to be able to use my platform to be able to spread awareness that people you're not alone. Yeah. And so I would get, I get super crazy vulnerable with my story. So I start working and doing this program called Point Break. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did other programs before that, like speaking and whatever, but I did Point Break specifically. And it was so fire, like being able to go to schools all over and like, it'd be funny. We'll go to schools in like Folsom and El Dorado Hills. Mm-hmm. And you think that a story like mine won't connect and everyone's crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but we wanted to give, I I've always want to create a safe space for people to be like, I I can come to you, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you think your mess is too much, you know what I mean? And then you hear mine and I'm not even sharing half. You know, I'm not, yeah. and I will, but we don't have enough time um, to share all of the drama and all the things that I went through. And, and because I'm open to share, people are open to come to me. Yeah. Like I had a meeting today and somebody was heck of honest with me. And mm-hmm. I was in there like, Thank the Lord. Right. Yeah. I created a space because once you are able to start at the bottom, then mm-hmm. you can heal from the roots. Yeah. But every time like God showed me this, this vision of who I was, even coming out of this last last season of healing that like I'm like a long, long vase. Right. Yeah. And there's like this cover that covers the bottom of the vase. But all of a seeing was the top of the vase. And so all I thought is if I pour out, then put more in, then I'll be good. And every time I would pour more water into the vase, it'll still be dirty water. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll start to get dirty after a while. And then when you uncover the bottom, you realize there's rocks, there's mud, there's all these things mm-hmm. that are filling up the vase more than any other water could. And so, and a lot of people would say, well, why don't you just take the stuff out of the vase? Sometimes you got to shatter the vase. Start over, And that's why I think being most honest with yourself, with all those ugly and nasty places, with everything that you dealt with, whether molestation, whether it's rape, whether it's abuse mentally or physically, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you've been through. And I've always wanted to create a space where people can come to me. I mean, I've had people walk up to me after I share my story and say, hey, my dad is raping me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Hey, my uncle molested me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And be able to get that guy in jail mm-hmm. and be able to uh, rectify a situation, but start the actual healing process. Yeah. And so that's been one of my most favorite gifts about myself. Yeah. But I have the ability for people to trust me mm-hmm. that they know that they can share it with me. Cause I don't care about sharing it all. I'll share it all. My wife didn't have me like, Hey, don't say that part though. Don't say <laughs> that part. Right? That's too much. Um, but, but it was giving me an opportunity to share with people in all different acts of life, not in church, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and of course, like my, my, my purpose is to lead all people to find freedom in Jesus. Right. Like that is my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most times I'm like, all right, cool, man. You're doing well. Well, hey, I want to introduce you to the person that changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a restaurant. Like, bro, if you go to a fire restaurant, you want everybody to know about it. <laughs> There's no way you're not just keeping it to yourself yeah. unless you're lame. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, like, you go, I know you. Like, yeah. you go out to eat, you're like, oh, my God, it's called Chondos. It's blah, 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 Do a whole thing. And that's how yeah. I feel about God. It's because mm-hmm. he changed my life. Like, who I am right now does not add up to what I've been through. Yeah. Like, the abused kid. I mean, they would, they would put, take us in the garage, uh, wet rags, and beat us. Me and my, my brothers, my, my, my foster brothers. Mm-hmm. Would beat us. Not my adoptive mom. She mm-hmm. didn't do none of that. But her, some of her kids would beat us. My uncle locked me in a dog cage and mm-hmm. was like, you're going to be an animal. They would tell me that my mom was a prostitute and wait for her, wait for your real family to pick you up after school. Mm-hmm. They tried so hard to break me. Mm-hmm. And so I refuse in Jesus name to allow that, to allow that same spirit to haunt people. Yeah. And that's what people, people feel like they can't say anything. Yeah. People say like, everyone's going to blame me. And people did. I remember my aunt told me when I came out about my godfather molesting mm-hmm. me, I remember she was like, you ruining that man's life. I could not believe it. Yeah. She said it flat out. She said it flat out. So that's why I'm so vocal. That's why I'm so crazy. That's why I'm so loud Mm -hmm. is because I want to be able to create an an environment and a safe space for people to tell me the exact truth so we can start a process of healing because that's where true world transformation starts Mm -hmm. at one person being healed. When you are healed from all those wounds, when you are set free from all of that unforgiveness and all that bitterness, then you make everyone around you better.
0: Yeah.
1: Christian or non-Christian, you make everyone around you better. Yeah. And so it's been healing doing this, and I would not trade it for anything in the world.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, like, it's a lot. Like yeah. I, I know these stories, but yeah. then still, like knowing you as a person and knowing how strong you are, just to think of the things that you've been through, it like it hurts me a lot. Yeah. To see, like as a friend, you yeah. know, but it's also like awesome to see, like the way that you've turned it around yeah. to make other people's lives better. Yeah, which has been great. So. Yeah. Something actually, because you, you brought this up because you were like, well, I'll go to Folsom and Elder Hills and I'll share this stuff. But yeah. then, like, obviously, there are kids who go through stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, what about the ones who might be like, well, I don't have a story like that? Like, I still feel anxious and depressed. Uh-huh. And technically, my life is great. Like, my dad is a doctor or a yeah, surgeon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. My mom is a stay-at-home mom and drives a Mercedes. Like, 90% of the kids in my town, that's how they are. And a lot of them still have insanely deep-rooted issues and want to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious, like, what advice you would give to someone who might be like that or might be like, okay, well, I don't have, like, I have trauma. I don't have this crazy story. But, like, how do I work through the things that I'm feeling?
1: Yeah. I think the first step even even in and what i've realized is that even when i share my story of all the sadness people are still willing to come to me Mm -hmm. about their stuff even when it's not as deep in detail which i'm grateful for because i don't try to share my story to have like the greatest testimony of all Mm times like there are people that went through far worse and you like you get my mom my, my biological mom and tell your story she'll make me sound like Freaking Chuck E. Cheese, okay? Mm-hmm. Like her story is crazy and what she's been through, and so but but I like to create space in my story to to give clarity that I, because of my story does not make my situation worse than yours mm. because everybody's situation is is so different yeah. and mental health is a real thing, yeah. and so so to get to the practicals, I think step one is identify. And validate that's the way that you feel mm-hmm. so i think sometimes we start story like measuring and we're like see i just need to get over it and, yeah. then you, and then you end up you're not getting over it. you're burying it yeah and then it comes out in the worst of moments mm-hmm. you know what i mean it comes out in insecurity you know what I'm saying? When, or you can miss out an opportunity in, in a relationship that could be a- absolutely great for you, but you keep on hiding that yeah. little area of sadness or whatever it is, or anxiousness, and you don't deal with it. So first, it's coming to grips with it. Second, get therapy. Yeah. Like therapy saved, like my wife had shirts that said this, but <laughs> therapy, it did. <laughs> uh, therapy actually really saved my life. Like after my mom died, I was in therapy for like four years mm-hmm. and I didn't try at first. I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you do this week? Baseball practice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I didn't want to talk. And, and when I started talking, it started to, it started to help me. The, I think the best thing that therapy did for me is help me to... Um, put things in the right perspective. Mm. Like I'm gonna put this over here. I can't. I can't put them all together. So I put them all together. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. So I'm gonna put like bills on this side. I'm gonna put my relationship with my wife on this side. I'm gonna put my relationship with my kids mm. on this side. Mm. I can't put them all together because then I'm never gonna feel like I'm gonna measure up enough because there's not enough hours in a day yeah. to be perfect at all of those things all at one time. Yeah. And so and that's helped me as a as a young man realize that it wasn't my fault that my mom died because I mm-hmm. blamed myself. And I blame myself so, I was like, it's all me. I was, I was heck of bad. I was getting mm-hmm. suspended all the time. I was getting kicked out of school. Like, I was heck of bad selling weed, selling drugs. Like, I was freaking bad robbing people. Like, that's what kind of kid I mm-hmm. was. And, um, and a lot of people would say, I get it because of that. But I was, you know, a, I was a bad kid. And so when I got into therapy, though, bro, I mean, it pulled those things out of me. And I didn't realize, like, the resentment and the, like, the hatred I had mm-hmm. toward men in my life. Like, I hated the men in my life
0: mm-hmm. because
1: of what happened to me. And I could not trust men at all. Mm-hmm. And I always needed a woman. I needed an auntie. I needed a sister. I needed a woman's validation because mm-hmm. I was literally looking for my mom, Cheryl. I was looking for my biological mom. I was looking for her in every woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need that because I'll ever had that. But the dudes beat the world out of me. Yeah. And so being able to get someone to help me and get someone to help you or whoever you are that is listening... To figure out what you're feeling even if you can't identify it yeah but i think first maybe try to start with the deep root work of like this is how i feel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm not going to surrender to my feelings but this is how i actually feel mm-hmm. and be willing to get with uh, maybe a, a friend that you can trust yeah but if not i would go to your parents and or to whoever if you're an adult I would literally go get therapy. Mm-hmm. Like me and my wife are in marriage counseling right now. And not because our marriage is in shambles and falling apart. would be in counseling when it's right, good. <laughs> God, right, right. And, um, and also my wife, I'm not currently in therapy, uh, but I'm, all, I'm always in therapy. I'll call Pastor Chris. <laughs> 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 um, but my wife is actually currently in therapy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not good or not good enough. You're not measuring up to it. It just means that, hey, I need some help. And there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. With needing some help. And yeah. so um, that's not, I'm not a, um, a counselor or a therapist in any way, but I would encourage you to truly go and see someone if you're feeling that.
0: Okay, so. I know we just got really deep. Yeah, we <laughs> We're going to keep getting we deep. Did. We did. That always happens with us, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. Um. So I think something that's interesting is that you've shared, I guess, things that are like your story, but, and then also like given some advice just now for like mental health and like recovery process of trauma. Um I think something that a lot of people are interested in, but maybe are afraid to explore is the concept of being spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that especially in today's like day and age, it's like not cool to be Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, like if you're in the church world, like, yeah, we go to cool churches. Yeah, like, We're, yeah. cool. We're cool Christians yeah, in quotation yeah, yeah. mark. you know, yeah. but yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to identify with, like, what the, you know, major religion in yeah. America is. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a whole episode I want to do. American Christianity versus, like, so yeah, the rest so of the world. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious, kind of, like you're a pastor you obviously talk to people within the church but then also you talk to a lot of people who aren't yes in the church and so um i guess my question would be like from your perspective what does it mean to be a spiritual person and like how do people start exploring spirituality and like the questions that Mm -hmm. you know you've heard people ask you when they're starting to like uncover like okay like I see, like my example. Whenever I'm talking to my friends who aren't, who don't have any type of faith or like don't believe in a god, I'm like, when I look at the world and I'm standing in front of the ocean or I'm on a hike in the mountains or we're learning about space, I'm like, how is a creator not real? Like yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> those are the things that blow my mind and like mm. how intricate people are yeah. and like the experiences that they have and the way that we see the world is like just blows my mind yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way where I'm like, how is there not a creator? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people make, a lot of times Christians mm-hmm. make God so like fit into like this human box, which yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. is, that's what Jesus did. Yeah. But Jesus was still God. Yeah, And so for people who are just like kind of confused or like, okay, I'm starting to understand like, this world is amazing and people are amazing like how would you i don't know like relate to someone who is on a spiritual path and would eventually love to explore christianity
1: yeah um there's a scripture and i don't mean to like get super jesus out but it makes (laughs) context for all of it it says uh study the word to show yourself approved right and so what that means in the context of what you're saying is do the research Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like do the research and I don't mean that in like read every scripture in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I do mean it in 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 some of in some of that aspect. Yeah, I think the the most important thing for you to do is actually to know what you're talking about or know what you're saying you're against. I yeah. think sometimes people just like my friend said it, so I'll say it, but you actually don't know what you actually believe. Yeah, and I had to go through that even in being a pastor, like. Really? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I grew up like this denomination, da 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 And I think the biggest thing uh, for you to do is actually to study. Like, it, it's super simple, but I think that if you if, if you study, and, and you're seeing a lot of people that were agnostic, like Joe Rogan and all these people, mm-hmm. like, start to come to realization of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And realization of God and, and, like, believing in God. And it's weird because these people were, like, agnostic and all this kind of stuff, but they started to do their studies. They started mm-hmm. to pay attention and they're like how is this not true you know yeah. what I mean like how is this not true and so maybe um you know I wish I had a cool hocus pocus mm-hmm. um thing that I can say for yeah. everyone to, to like hey this is what would help you become more spiritual mm-hmm. um but I think that studying and also like being careful what you involve yourself in mm-hmm. right because if you are saying you're spiritual, that means you believe in the spirit realm, and you can open to open yourself up to things that are so unhealthy. Yeah, and um, and so I would be. I, I mean, that's as that's as much as I'll say on that, but. Um, Cause then we're we'll going to rabbit trail and yeah. all those things. Um, but I think I think the biggest thing is is for you to do your own study and don't study off of what people said. Study off what you read or what you research, mm-hmm. not off of just what people said. And even be careful of research, right? Because you get you get people that are so far on this side that they don't even give an opportunity to to have understanding about anything else. Yeah. And I think the last thing I want to do is create a space where like it would have been dope if i would have had something heck of creative to say but then that's gonna make me biased strictly for the church yeah but i want I, I want you who are out there that are listening to say i know and i believe without a shadow of a doubt that god is real and i would love for you to try god i would love for you to read the word mm-hmm. i would love for you to experience the joy that i've felt in my like i mean you've heard my story right yeah um I literally have one of the saddest stories, but I'm one of the, one of the hap- most happiest people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Is because my life has been redeemed, yeah. you know what I'm saying, by God. And I know church, like, I mean, I have dealt with the <laughs> woo, 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 the worst <laughs> part of the church, you know what I mean? Like, I've dealt with the worst part of the church. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and I'm grateful to be on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. But, but my experience doesn't make me who I am. Mm-hmm. God made me who I am. Yeah. And so when you when you read the when you read the Bible cuz I know, you know, there's a lot of like struggles and we are not going to go into this but like sexuality and all these kind of mm-hmm. things that really push people so far away. Um mm-hmm. but I just pray that anyone that is listening, you study for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't let your friends tell you the scriptures cuz they could be taking it out of context. You know, you read one scripture You know, you're just reading the one. It it doesn't add context to everything that you're saying. And so that's kind of... I want to kind of... I'm not trying to go around the point. I just pray that those that are listening would read and figure it out for yourself instead of allowing people to just tell you what it is.
0: Yeah. I think I've had... I mean, I moved to LA. Uh LOL. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, even just moving... I guess I'll start back in, like, Eldorado Hills. Like, Mm. I grew up... In a very conservative, Mm -hmm. like, mostly everyone in the town is Christian, and, like, everyone kind of has, like, a very similar thought process, it feels like, growing up, you know? And, like, I grew up in a Christian household, so, like, for me, that's what I know, Mm -hmm. and, like, because that's how I grew up. That's how everyone grew up around me. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to San Jose and it was the complete opposite. And yeah, I met yeah. like liberal Christians for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being, and I'm liberal myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you can tell, but right. like, like, I remember <laughs> <Politically> being, <agnostic. laughs> I remember being like shook when I like met like liberal Christian who had sound theology. Yeah. Because growing up in like a conservative area it felt like this is the right thing. Anyone else who is doing something different is practicing it wrong, which I feel like is actually like a huge fault of denominational churches Mm -hmm. because I feel like everyone points fingers and they're trying to say like, well, God said this and Jesus Mm -hmm. said this and the Bible said this. And it's like, okay, the the whole point of Jesus dying for our sins is like that is – who we believe in that yeah. is what we believe in that's what saved us like anything that you do or say mm-hmm. isn't gonna like make it better for you or make it worse yes for you. Come the on, only thing that you have to do is like accept jesus into your life yes and so it was very like i feel like i had a total perspective shift when i moved to san jose because then i was surrounded by majority of christians who are liberal yeah. and had different stances on like LGBTQ, like the community and how they interact with the church and how Mm -hmm. those people are Christians Mm -hmm. and their life is just as valuable and they're still just as valuable to speak into other people as I am because everyone has something in their life. Or like, even just like, El Dorado Hills is like mostly... White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like to see perspectives and like how different cultures affect the way that you, you know, practice your faith was super yeah. interesting yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like being in poorer communities and like just like so many different things that I feel like have totally influenced and gave me like a full perspective shift on yeah. like we're allowed to have different opinions and all still believe in the same God and like, still yes. love the same Jesus. Yes. And like the thing that it comes down to is like respect and love for each other and like having accountability, like having conversations with people where you can be like either like within the same faith as you or in a different faith and be like, like what do you believe? Like yeah. what's your perspective? Why do you believe what you believe? And mm-hmm. then here's like my faith and here's what I believe. And like, for me that's confirmed even more why I believe what I believe. Wow, so good. Yeah, because like I'll, you know, I'll talk to people who It's interesting actually. My former boss um down in LA, he used to be super involved in the church world and now just like isn't involved at all and mm. kind of believes in God but like super distantly and mm. even just hearing perspectives of people like that who are like I'm not going to get into it super deep, but like yeah. their stories and like their perspective on things and like their views are like, you know, distortions or stories that they've had. Like, I feel like a lot of people take trauma like you've had mm-hmm. and just like hold it in their heart yes, for the, yes. rest, of their for the lives, rest of their lives. And yeah. it affects the way that they view people. It yeah. affects their relationships with people, whether you are Christian or not. Like I'm just yeah. talking about trauma, trauma Period. period. Mm-hmm. but if you can learn to like, Like, release it and, like, work through it for the better to better yourself and better your community. Like, you know, that's what God wants. Like, he wants us to be happy people. Like, he wants us to embrace, like, us wearing Jordans. (laughs) You're in your blazers, you know, I'm in my high dunks. Like, that type of stuff, you know? Like, we shouldn't have to feel bad for who we are. Like, we should be able to embrace that Mm -hmm. and embrace, like, we're all working towards, like, a greater like, a greater purpose in life, and not necessarily that it's, like, one specific purpose. Yeah. But it's, like, your life is your purpose. Bro, like, 100%. you're here to be living the life that you live today yeah. and tomorrow and the path that you have. And so, like, that's for yourself, and that's for other people around you. Yeah. So.
1: That's so good. Come on, freaking gabster. <laughs> you are. So good.
0: Yeah. But, okay, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to plug like music? I mean, follow me social? on
1: Instagram <laughs> official Justin Gos not. Nah. Uh, man nothing. I just want to plug you. I, <laughs> I love you so much Yabby. Uh, you have been a light in my life. You have been a constant friend in the midst of a lot of things and you've always been there for me. Mm-hmm. And when we first had a relationship, you like wanted to actually have a relationship with me um, as like you know as your pastor. Um, but also more so as your friend. Mm -hmm. And you have been that. You've been a great friend to me. You've been a great friend to my family. And I just want to tell you how much I love you. I enjoy seeing everything. I enjoy seeing you grow in yourself. I enjoy enjoy seeing all your relationships. And I just want to say I'm proud of you. I want to see you continue to grow. I'm proud of Portland and and all of that, and Mm -hmm. whoever's there. I'm just just proud of you. Mm -hmm. And I love you so much. You mean the world to me. And your family means the world to me. And I love you.
0: Oh my gosh, love yeah. you too. That's so sweet, you're going to make me cry again. <laughs> I'm going to leave that here too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is great. Thanks yeah. for sitting down. Heck yeah,
1: okay. heck yeah. Well, let me get back to work.
0: Okay. <laughs>